KTCU FM, Fort Worth. Welcome to Riff Ram Review, your TCU sports talk home right here on 88.7 KTCU. Here are your hosts, Seth Dowdle, Ian Napetian, and Zion Trammell. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Riff Ram Review right here on 88.7 The Choice, your choice for college radio. This is episode number 21. I'm Zion Trammell, joined alongside Ian Napetian and Seth Dowdle. We've got lots to talk about, TCU-centric for the most part this episode, but a quick check-in. How are y'all doing on this hot Monday? So far, so good. Um, it is really warm here in Fort Worth. Uh, I, I looked at the weather yesterday on Sunday afternoon, and I did not believe my eyes when I saw that the high was going to be 94. And even Z- Zion and I were just talking before the show, and it's it's still February, and it's 94 degrees here. So it's 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 crazy, but so far, week is off to a good start. It'll be 54 on Thursday if that's any, you know, I'll take victory. that. Yeah, I'll take it. But uh, Riff Ram Review, guys, is legal now. 21. We've done it. Oh, yeah. We've done it. Yeah, that's we've right. It, the 21st episode. Yeah. We've come a long way since episode one. Yeah. We don't, we don't poop our pants in anymore, so <laughs> yeah. it's, it's very good. We're, we're not freaking out, you know, 20 minutes before the show starts. We're like, all right, yeah. we're on. Okay. Uh, let's do it. Yeah, by now, all of us are professionals, so. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're so profe- We're so professional yeah. that they're paying us so much money to do yeah, this. Yeah, we're so... Yeah. Um, anyways, let's uh, let's get right into it. We're going to be starting things off talking about TCU baseball because they had a tremendous weekend pulling off a sweep over number 20th ranked UCLA. Now they're no longer ranked, but that's mainly because of us. Uh, they won 4-3 to three on Friday, 6-3 to three on Saturday, and a mercy rule 13-3 in seven innings on Sunday. The offense flexing its muscles in game three, but... Uh, what were your guys' biggest takeaways after this awesome weekend from TCU baseball? Yeah, I mean, overall, I I really feel like this team took a lot of strides forward after that first weekend series against Florida Gulf Coast. Again, some of those question marks after that series was kind of who was going to be at third base. Is it going to still be Ryan Robinson, Jack Basir, or Brody Green? That's kind of been answered, and right now it seems like it's Brody Green. Brody Green had a phenomenal weekend. He had a home run um, on Friday night and then um, just continued to rake throughout the weekend. And really one thing that I've really enjoyed so far from him is that – for for Kirk Charles, it seems like it's his it's it's Brody's spot until he proves otherwise, and I think that that's that has to give Brody a lot of confidence um, to go out there day after day and to go play against a ranked team like UCLA. Um, it's got to give him confidence. And then also one thing that I really enjoyed too from this weekend was seeing some of our TCU pitchers go deeper than they did in that first weekend. Uh, Peyton Tolley and Cole Klecker, both of those guys um, eclipsed their. Uh, their their season opening starts in terms of innings pitched. Zach Morris equal um, he, he equalized it with four innings, but I'm just really happy to see these guys starting to stretch out their starts a little bit, go a little deeper, and um, I mean overall pitching pitching just tightened up. 
I'm really impressed by, you know, we talked about the resilience last week in terms of being able to win in comeback fashion, but this week they were front runners the entire time and they were able to keep their foot on the gas for pretty much every single one of these games. And that's, it's a different style of play and they were able to show this weekend that they were able to do both. And I think that's really important. Part of that is the pitching staff really improved uh, as y'all just talked about, but the offense was able to flex its muscles each and every day. They just, they, they got increasingly better against the UCLA's pitching staff, and it felt like by Sunday that either UCLA didn't want to be there anymore, or TCU was just going to make them not want to be there anymore, and it kind of evened itself out to where TCU said, hey, y'all can go to Los Angeles a bit early. By the way, it's going to be hot here tomorrow, so y'all might want to get out here <laughs> get out here fast. Yeah, get back uh, to the cooler weather. Yeah, but it's it, it was very exciting to see that them do that, because we talked about last week how important it was to, you know, show that you can beat good teams and you know we'll have to see whether or not UCLA will be a good team going forward but I think they're a top three team in the Pac-12 by far so and that's important for TCU to be able to get these kind of wins under their belt early yeah and it's it's going to look good later on in the season where you have wins against uh, a ranked opponent um Michael Barnett struggled for UCLA on Sunday five innings 13 hits eight earned runs I was really unsure how that Sunday game would go uh, considering you know Zach Morris kind of struggled last week but he looked pretty he looked a lot better uh, yesterday Um, but yeah really just a a tremendous performance by the offense and another thing too the the back end of the bullpen uh, was needed on Friday and Saturday and they came up clutch I mean Ben Abel with the six out save didn't give up a hit didn't walk anybody just tremendous as always and then Zachary Coyer is really starting to develop into that seventh, eighth inning guy. I really liked what I saw from him this weekend. And then Braden Sloan has, has been good as well. So that to me is like another thing that you really have to look at here is, you know, if TCU has a lead in the late innings, you got to feel good about them being able to shut the door. Yeah, and shout out Chase Hoover as well. Uh, mm-hmm. Last year, I do not think that he would have been trusted in a spot like that. Uh, with two outs to go to win the game in the ninth. And that just shows how much he's grown as a pitcher and as a player that Kirk said, hey, we're going to go to you now instead of, you know, I know Ben Abel pitched the day before, but usually that's a spot, you know, with everyone having rest, that's that's Ben Abel's spot to close it out. He went to Chase Hoover there. Now, yeah, I was really impressed with how he, 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 he pitched in that situation uh, as well. I just wanted to uh, – throw that out there that yeah. he was someone that him and Braden Sloan two guys that were Tuesday starters last year for a good chunk of the season came up big in relief roles this weekend yeah and and right now I really feel like the the big word about this team is trust it's trust in it's it's trust from the batters the, the those offensive bats in their pitching to hold down the fort if if they are trying to come from behind like we saw in the first um, weekend series against Florida Gulf Coast where you got to trust those bullpen guys. You got to trust your arms to kind of give you some time, buy you some time to get some runs and slowly cl- claw your way back into the game. And then also, it, it it that that trust goes the other way as well. It's it's guys like Zach Morris who gave up two runs and you know giving up two runs in an outing is not bad at all. But what I'm saying is really is is really just that you can go out there with a little less stress, knowing that your team is going to put up runs and. If, if you know that your team has those bats and has that ability in the batter's box, it just takes off that stress. Whether you're a starter, a reliever, a closer, no matter who you are or what role you have in the pitching staff, there's so much trust between the bats 
and the pitching and the pitching and the bats um, that I think this team this this team has a really good recipe for for success going forward. Yeah, imagine an opposing pitcher trying to face this TCU lineup because if you are able to stop one guy, you know, then on Saturday Carson Bowen went 0 for 4, Peyton Chatnier went 0 for 2 and you know, those are some really good bats in this lineup and they still score six runs. They get production from Logan Maxwell, Curtis Byrne had the big three-run home run, so man, this offense is just a gauntlet and uh i'm curious what you guys think peyton tolley uh was not hitting in the lineup the last uh, two games so that went to jack basir who is the dh he went three for six uh had a pretty good offensive showing what do you guys feel like kirk salos may do or what do you guys think they should do with with tolley do you guys still trust the bat what do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, with Tolly, it's I, I I think really what it came down to is workload. Um, I was at the ballpark calling the games this weekend, and we were talking with with some of the folks on the team, and they were basically just saying, "Look, Tolly's just simply tired. He's played in every game before this as a DH, and then also he's again a two way player, and so that's one thing. You know, just the nature of being a two way player is you just get less rest." Um, now him being out for two straight games is kind of interesting, but he did take BP on both Saturday and Sunday. So it's not an injury. It could just be workload management and just wanting to rest him. But Peyton Tolley's offense has been there. Sure. It's not maybe what everyone's expected in terms of the bombs left and right. Um, but he's, he's still producing on the team. I think he has seven or eight RBIs total on the year batting just under 300, if I'm not mistaken. And so, I don't think it's a knock towards Tolley, but it's also great to see, though, that someone like Jack Basir, who had a rough start last Sunday against Florida Gulf Coast, kind of bounced back this weekend, have two games under his belt where he 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 did really well in the batter's box. And so that's another key thing about this team is that they've got depth in positions where if, if someone does go down, it's really just all about that next man up mentality. And Basir was able to do that. I mean, that that was evident. Went three for six, played well, um, and his bat has always been there. The defense is the question mark, I think, with him more so. But I think it speaks to uh, just how well Kirk has built this roster and how well T.J. Bruce has been able to mold it into the way he is the offense he wants it to be. That they can, it's almost, it's the team's almost like plug and play at this point. It feels like, and that's good. That's what you want in a in a program like TCU, where you might not have like. You're, not, you're getting good recruits, but you're not getting like the Braden Montgomerys out of the transfer portal or the Chase Burns out of the transfer portal every now and again. And 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 it's it's props to the program that they've been able to to develop these guys like this to where they can put them into different situations and no matter what they'll deliver. Yeah, the depth really showed off this weekend. Uh, that, that's a really good point, though, Seth, talking about what kind of this program has built now and. You would think this team has been playing together for, you know, I mean, you would think they're in midseason form. I mean, they kind of like it's unbelievable how much they've gelled already with so many new faces and, uh, you know, moving around the lineup and stuff. It's been pretty insane. I mean, you lose Trey Richardson. Who do you replace him with? Peyton Chatagne. And what does he do? Well, he's been nothing but spectacular as the leadoff hitter. You know, you lose Elijah Nunez, you plug in Chase Brunson. I mean, it's it's been kind of just a really swift reload for a team that had so much turnover. We kind of saw that with football where they lost a lot of players and they kind of struggled to kind of build that back up. But TCU's been able to do that already 
It's they're they're off to a seven and zero start, the first time since nineteen ninety four. With how many times they've been in the College World Series, that's a little shocking to me. Yeah, thirty years. What were y'all doing in ninety four? My gosh. Uh, let's see. Um, I don't know. Wasn't wasn't a th- maybe a thought. I wasn't even a thought in nineteen ninety four. Yeah. <laughs> what would y'all would have been doing? I might have been watching your know, friends or something like that. I don't know. 1994, I don't know, man. I may have been, like, thinking that the Cowboys were going to start winning, <laughs> like, for years and years to come. Yeah. Oh, never mind. You didn't have to turn it that direction. <laughs> you have to make it sad. <laughs> uh, I would, I don't know. I don't know what I'd be doing. I, I would like to go back to the You 90s. might have thought that TCU might have been, you know, like a 30-0 and team that year, but they, I don't, I think well, we would have known about the 30-0 and Frogs had, had that actually happened, but. Seth, you're, you're kind of the TCU guru. Do you know? Uh, what happened in 1994? Was their final record or anything? Uh, no, but I can make a I can make a guess. We can ask want. Chuck. We can yeah, give we can, we, can, we can give Chuck a quick d- dial. Real exactly, quick. exactly. He, he would know. My guess is not undefeated. Yeah, exactly. But it's a good guess. But kind of going off of what you said there, Zion, um, you're kind of talking about this lineup and how it's. You, you basically just plug in the holes, and those guys seem to have stepped up so far, right? And one guy that I want to highlight that all of us are huge fans of right now is Brody Green, someone that's batting in the nine hole. For him, batting in the nine hole is clearly not reflective of his batting ability and hitting ability, but it's the icing on the cake when your nine hole hitter is batting 529 with, let's see, three <laughs> doubles, a homer, five RBIs, um, I mean, it's just you, that that out of a nine-hole hitter is unheard of. Um, wow. But it's something that is, again, just the, it's the icing on the cake to have him down there to make it tough on opposing lineups that even when you get down to, the, to, to that bottom of the order, it doesn't get any easier. And if Brody Green's able to get on base, then you flip the order, go to Peyton Chatnier, who is just an on-base machine right now. Chatnier's on-base percentage is 500. So he's getting on half wow. the time. So if Brody Green gets... If if Brody Green gets on at the nine hole, then it's a it's a flip of a coin if 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 Chatney is going to get on. Then Logan Maxwell will have ducks on the pond and yeah. uh, Chatney. Yeah, no, Brody Green's been great, man. He he's been such a like talk about taking advantage of the moment, right? And then the opportunity that's in front of you. Baseball is about taking advantage of opportunities. You'd never know when that might come, when you might just be like a pinch runner or you get a pinch hit situation or a player goes down and you got to fill in that void. You got to be able to produce like right away. And baseball is a game of results. And sometimes it takes a while to produce those results. Brody Green has done that right away. And that's very impressive for him to, to be able to do that. So I'm excited to see it, uh, how he handles that third base position. Yeah, and he's, he's by far the best defensive third baseman that the team yeah. has, which yeah. is also a plus. Definitely. Yeah. And and kind of just, I don't know, I think talking about Brody Green, I think the the, the, the big conversation in the offseason was about replacing Braden Taylor, right? And, again, that was the big question mark after the first weekend, last weekend. Um but you can't really replace Braden Taylor. You just have to work with what you have. There's no replacing that instinct to to jump up three feet in the air and go and, and go snag a liner down. You know that that that's heading for the corner in left field, right? But Brody Green's done a terrific job in filling in those shoes right now to the best of his ability. Obviously, he's he's not anywhere similar to what Braden Taylor was defensively. But right now, it doesn't really matter because TCU's bats are absolutely killing it. And whatever Brody Green, 
what whatever faults Brody Green may have defensively, so far he's making up for it in the batter's box. Yeah. Can we talk a little bit about the fans real quick and how many yeah. showed up this weekend? Oh my gosh. It was very impressive. For an yeah. early season uh, out-of-conference matchup, I mean, I know UCLA's good, but that was a very impressive show out from, from the Frog fans. Yeah, it was over, what, 15,000 people in total, and on on Saturday they had the high of over 5,200 fans. I mean, it was it was crazy out there. I mean, it was just just shoulder to shoulder in the in the bleachers out there, and a bunch of people on the on the on the berm in right field, you know, yeah. out there in the grass. No, I mean TCU fans definitely showed out at Lupton this yeah. this weekend. And the Riff Ram Review show will be the ones to create the petition to build a bigger grandstand or whatever, <laughs> because Lupton cannot contain yes. the Frog Ball faithful. Yep. Oh, we need exactly. more space. We do. That super regional with uh, was it Indiana State? Yeah. That was insane. Was it nine thousand or eleven thousand people? Nine. Was it nine thousand? Nine thousand something. <laughs> Could you yeah. imagine? I mean, that's basically that's just about double of what we had this well, of, of of what we had in one the game. The concourse this is the size of this desk, and this desk, by the way, is not very big. Yeah, <laughs> it's not. The concourse is, it's. Where a lot of people will go to get some shade, and there's just not a lot of room. Yep, yep. And and but yeah, no. I mean, Lupton's awesome. People packed it like crazy. So I'm hoping that in the next couple of years, TCU can figure out some plans to expand the stands, or at least put some stands somewhere in left field, or do something. I don't know. I mean, I, I know that they added the uh, the batter's eye, which is definitely it, it takes some getting used to, but I do think it's a nice nice little touch there. Um, provide some some shade for uh, for for those working cameras in production and on yes. cams four and six. So yes, Ian, Ian sounds <laughs> yeah, like he, gotta, he got a sunburn last yeah, time. Yes, I did. Yeah. <laughs> we got to advocate for our production crew. Yeah, uh, we're all sports broadcasting students, so we know what it go what it takes to get a production going. Yeah, and how hot and unbearable it is. Yes, that's why I do work in the control room. So I'm inside, and that's why you got to take the intro to remote sports class in the fall. Yeah. so you're yeah. doing yeah. the volleyball yeah, so game, you're doing yes. volleyball and basketball, and not baseball. Uh, but yeah, tremendous start to this 2024 season for TCU. We're gonna stay talking about it though in the next segment. We're gonna be looking ahead because they got five games this week. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to Riff Ram Review right here on 88.7 The Choice. Today, my new dad and I shot off a rocket in the park. Today, my new son and I failed to shoot off a rocket. He knew exactly what to do. I had no clue what I was doing. We set up the rocket. We set up the rocket. Hit ignition. Hit ignition. And then? And then nothing. (laughs) Sometimes I laugh when I'm frustrated. Then out of nowhere, the rocket launched into the air. The rocket did get into the air. I've never seen anything fly so high. And then crashed into a kite. Look out! Look out! And then the pond. I'll never forget that day. I'll never forget that day, even if I tried. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of kids in foster care will take you just as you are. For more information on how you can adopt, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt US Kids, and the Ad Council. Psst. Yeah, you. It's me. Your heart. Listen to me. We've got to talk. High blood pressure is serious, and yours? Whoa. What happened to us? We used to be so much more active. 
But lately you've been ignoring me. I know you think I'm just going to keep ticking away forever, but you're wrong. You can do so much more to control your high blood pressure. Doing the minimum isn't doing enough. I'm under a lot of pressure and can quit whenever I want. Bet you didn't know that. But I like my job. Just treat me better. Check on me. Give me something green to nibble on every once in a while, and maybe we can do some exercise on occasion. Let's get to it. After all, we're in this together. Listen to your heart. Don't let it quit on you. High blood pressure can lead to a stroke, heart attack, or death. Get your blood pressure to a healthy range before it's too late. Find out how at heart.org/bloodpressure. Check change control. A message from the American Heart Association, the American Stroke Association, and the Ad Council. Hey, there he is. How's it going? I'm having a stroke. Are you going to shake my hand or what? I'm having a stroke. Wow, you're not even moving your arm. I'm having a stroke. Are you okay? I'm having a stroke. Your face looks weird too. I'm having a stroke. Are you having a seizure or something? I'm having a stroke. When someone is having a stroke, they may not be able to say it with words, but their body language will tell you loud and clear. I'm having a stroke. You just need to know the sudden signs. Look for fast. F A S T. F face drooping. A arm weakness or S speech difficulty. Then T time. Time to call 911 immediately because the sooner they get to the hospital, the sooner they'll get treatment and that can make a remarkable difference in their recovery. Know the sudden signs. Face, arm, speech, time. Spot a stroke fast. Visit strokeassociation.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Riff Ram Review right here on 88.7 The Choice, your choice for college radio. My name's Ian Apetian, and tonight I'm joined alongside Zion Trammell and Seth Dowdle as we just finish up talking about TCU baseball and kind of recapping this last weekend series against the formerly number 20 UCLA Bruins who are now unranked. Um, one quick note before we continue talking about TCU baseball. They did not move up in, in any of the rankings. They are still number five after sweeping number 20 UCLA. I'm, I'm curious to hear you, uh, y'all's thoughts. It doesn't matter. <laughs> um, well, I mean, yeah, it's it's interesting. I, I guess they just they – I feel like they focus more on series losses than individual losses. I think – I mean, if TCU just keeps doing their job – we have a we'll be looking later at the baseball uh, AP top 25 which is you know there's a couple teams I'm very like excited about this season but yeah I think TCU probably should have moved up a spot but oh well the thing is We're like still five the thing is like there's four teams in front of them and those yeah. four teams are very good yeah exactly they are, and yeah. they have lost games but in baseball the variance is so much that they well i mean we'll talk about this later but the yeah. variance is so much that it a loss to oklahoma state or unc greensboro or whatever doesn't tank your ranking as yeah. like if this was a basketball game then like send them to the shadow realm yeah. but if but it doesn't matter here no exactly well tcu number tw- sorry number 5 in the uh, national rankings they've got five games coming up this week starting tomorrow night they host washington state at 6 p.m. then they host um, Arizona on Wednesday. They have a back-to-back uh, midweek games on Tuesday and Wednesday. And then for Friday through Saturday, they travel to Globe Light Field in Arlington to take on USC twice, one on Friday, one on Sunday. And then right in between there, they split with uh, taking on the Arizona State uh, 
what's their what's Sun their? Devils? Sun Devils. That's right, the Arizona State Sun Devils. So TCU, um, they they're three and zero against Pac-12 teams, and they have a, another five games against more Pac-12 teams. So uh, this week they've got a lot of games um, in store. Um, but no, TCU. It, it seems like Globe Life is kind of TCU's like second home right now. Yeah, seriously, they played really good there last year. Yeah, they did, and. Uh, but no, really looking forward to this week. But it starts tomorrow against Washington State, who right now are currently five and see. two. Yeah, five They're and coming two. Coming off a thirteen to four loss to Texas State, who TCU beat six to five. So by the transitive property, we're gonna win. It's a victory. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Right now, Washington Washington State five and two, fifth in the Pac-12 conference standings. Um, what are you guys looking forward to this week? I mean, I, I don't necessarily want to talk about game by game, but um, just kind of this week, some things that you're looking forward to TCU continuing from this series um, against UCLA, but also maybe some changes that you want to see or some guys that you want to see come in. The big thing that I'm curious to see is the pitching this week. When you have four games, it's it's a little, you know, it's the normal. But when you have five, that's an, an extra nine innings that you have to account for. So I'm really curious to see how Kirk's – like this pitching staff is really going to be tested this week. And not that, like, they're going up against elite programs. I mean, Washington State and Arizona, Arizona State, they're okay. And as Seth was saying during the break, USC kind of – sucks but um (laughs) it's going to be interesting to see like how the pitching staff is kind of going to be tested here this week yeah i imagine ben hampton will start either tomorrow or wednesday but who starts that other game midweek game i don't know exactly yeah i mean who who is on your list of of relievers i mean do you think tcu might go with a bullpen game on wednesday or probably just try to throw out one of their relievers as a starter and see how that goes i mean i know that um Certain guys, I mean, Zachary Coyer's had a lot of success. I don't know if I would put him out as a starting guy um, on Wednesday night, but are yeah, are are there a couple of arms that you guys could see coming out of relief and actually, you know, just becoming a starter for this week? Sloan or Hoover probably would be the two guys because they did it last year. Yeah, Yeah. Luis Rodriguez started a a few games last year as well. Yeah. Oh Uh, yeah. Is he he healthy? Yes. Yeah, he's healthy. And he hasn't had a lot of work, so it it would certainly. He probably wouldn't go that deep, but I, I could definitely see that as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 kind of an interesting week again with with five games coming up. I I, I think this last weekend against against UCLA at least on Sunday with that game only going until the 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 middle of the seventh inning because TCU run ruled UCLA. I think it's it's it kind of it's it's good because TCU was able to save some arms for this week. How many arms that is doesn't really matter, but the the whole point is that they saved arms for what is going to be an incredibly busy week um, against. A very interesting set of a, a very interesting set of Pac-12 teams. Um, some of them are going to be better than others. Obviously, USC isn't one of the highly touted Pac-12 teams, but really looking forward to seeing who can come out of the bullpen and give TCU a decent start in the midweek. It is the farewell tour of the Pacific Coast Conference uh, that we call the Pac-12, and. It is fitting that TCU, who was flirting with the Pac-12 as much as as little as like three and a half years ago, is giving them a good old uh, is, is and inviting them into Lupton and into the DFW area to tell them that they can go into different conferences now, like Arizona, Arizona State. They will welcome them in, and then they will send. You know what, TCU, 
is the best Big Ten baseball team I've ever seen in my entire life because they beat UCLA this yeah. weekend. There you uh, go. Can y'all believe it, though, that um, because we talked about it in football, and that was kind of like like the conference is dying, but you know we still have a couple other sports with this, with with the conference, and now it's pretty much just baseball that's left. And then once this is over, all these teams are going to be going to different places, when and it's kind of sad. See you again. <laughs> yeah, when it's very sad. It is sad. Yeah, yeah. I kind of grew up a little bit with the Pac-12, especially with Stanford and and Cal and. And it really stinks because Oregon State baseball is awesome. Uh, yeah, I was just gonna say I wish TCU would pl- would play Oregon State. I know it's like, well, they're really good, but I would have loved to see a game against them because uh, this past weekend, Arkansas versus Oregon State was just so much fun to see unfold. I would have loved to see TCU get a crack at them. Yeah, and and kind of just switching gears back to TCU briefly. One one question I'm curious to hear what you guys have to 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 i guess say about is when do you think Ryder robinson gets a chance when when do you think he kind of gets a crack back into this lineup again taking us just a week ago against florida gulf coast hitting wasn't there it the defense wasn't there it just seemed like maybe the moment was a little too overwhelming for uh the freshman Ryder robinson do you think he gets his chance sometime coming up maybe in a in a midweek game maybe not this week but going forward I mean, because right now, third base is locked down by Brody Green, and then you would assume Jack Basir maybe right after that if if something were to happen to Brody Green. But I, I, I kind of feel and, and get the sense that Ryder Robinson's confidence is, pro- is probably pretty shot right now. Yeah, I, I think, honestly, it would be interesting to see even – as early as this week, would they be willing to give him a chance with five games this week? Do they want to give like a player a day off or something? Because I don't. If I'm thinking, if I'm Ryder Robinson, right, the longer that you are not out there on the field contributing, the more you're in your head. Baseball is a very mental. If you've played it, you know it's a very mental game. And if you start letting things get to your head, it's it really derails your confidence. So. I would be interested to see if he gets back out there this week. Uh, hopefully, if if not, maybe that game against Abilene Christian. Maybe, uh, you know, it it might be best to put him out there against a non-conference opponent that you could kind of build up that confidence. Because I would still like to see him be a part of this team, a big part of this team down the road. It's just right now it's tough, but I I really would like to see it maybe sometime this week. Honestly, yeah, Tuesday or Wednesday would be great. Probably Wednesday. Uh, when I feel like Wednesday is going to be a, a kind of a one of these games this week is going to be a feeling out game. Yeah. Uh, and what whatever one it is doesn't matter uh, to me personally, because uh, as we've said, even if you lose like a game a week and like right now, it doesn't doesn't do much. And yeah. it's it's it, these games are perfect for feeling out. Hey, can't do we have guys that can play? And that's what the first weekend was we saw that with the pitching staff especially they kind of got their groove back Kirk Sarlos knows who he can trust mm-hmm. in certain spots that's how we know that Brody Green is the starting third baseman but obviously now as you said Ian it's all about trust and who can who can they trust in certain spots now Ryder Robinson and Jack Basir to a certain extent has to build that trust back up and the only way to really do that though is to get in the game and show that you can do it because it's one thing to field ground balls in practice yep. it's the other to do it in the game um, and I bet you there was a reason that he was starting opening days because mm-hmm. he showed that he could do it in practice. And then obviously 
it's his first start in college. I do not blame him for making a couple mistakes early, but yeah. it's a results-based business, and you got to uh, get in there and do what you got to do quickly and early. Uh, and Brody Green was able to do that. But I, I hope for Ryder Robinson's sake, as y'all have said, uh, that he gets another shot and that mm-hmm. he exceeds every expectation that all of us have. Yeah, and, and, and that's the thing really with Ryder Robinson is that everyone knows the talent's there. It's more of just now kind of rekindling that going going deep down to maybe find that confidence again just like you said zion baseball is such a mental game the last thing you want to do is if if you go if you start your collegiate career off um one for nine with with two errors the last thing you want to do is get put on the bench and not see the field of play for the next week and unfortunately for Ryder, that's been the case aside from yesterday where he came in as a pinch runner and then played defensively for half an inning but it's it's something that's tough, especially as a freshman on this team. Uh, there's there's a lot of young guys on on this team that are finding their grooves, and unfortunately, right now for Ryder Robinson, he's struggling more than others. Uh, but kind of switching gears now to pitching, I'm curious to hear what you guys have to think about some some of the standout relievers that you guys have have witnessed so far this season, and some guys that you're kind of maybe getting excited about to maybe see a little more. One guy that. TCU hasn't even thrown out is Cohen Feaster, who was a really, really good setup guy last year. Kind of, you know, in certain moments, he could be a long relief guy, maybe three through six or four through six, four through seven, whatever you wanted. But he's someone that hasn't pitched yet. I'm curious to see if he's going to get a chance. But yeah, I kind of forgot about Cohen Feaster. Yeah. That's wow. He hasn't pitched at all this season. Yeah, no, he hasn't pitched at all so far yet. Well, you have to imagine that he's gonna get a shot this week, right? And, yeah. And Unless he's hurt. Unless he's hurt, and which, and which which we don't know, right? Exactly. And and I think that's the hardest thing is that there's some pitchers on this team that may not play, and we just don't know if they're hurt or not. Yeah. Because they don't tell us. Yeah. College is very interesting with injuries and stuff, and you never you never really know. Uh, I'm really I. I think I've already yeah I've already mentioned him before, but Zachary Coyer to me has uh, been the guy that I've been most impressed with. Uh, six and two thirds innings this season, three hits, no earned runs, where he's had multiple situations where he's had tough jams to get out of. The only thing that you could say is he has five walks to seven strikeouts. I, I think some a lot of pitchers kind of struggle with command early on in the season that's something that i'm not too worried about it's more about how you come into situations uh and can you get out of them in in an orderly fashion Braden sloan's my guy yeah now i think that that he really impressed me the last two weeks uh and that's why i feel like he's maybe gonna get a shot to start and throw maybe two or three innings on wednesday because ben hampton is starting on tuesday that has been announced so um we just don't know who's starting on Wednesday. And Arizona does not yep. know either. So uh, <laughs> we're just going to be shooting from the hip on Wednesday, it yeah. looks like. Uh, but, yeah, Braden Sloan is is someone who is really impressed because last year he got the opportunity to start those midweek games, struggled a little bit, and then was pulled off that role and then didn't really pitch a lot towards the tail end of that mm-hmm. year, if I recall correctly. Yeah. Uh, but now he's he was trusted in some big spots. Uh, so far this season, uh, and got some. He had he struck six dudes on Saturday. Yeah, six dudes. 
He and what? He struck out six uh, six guys. It's, it sounded like you said he shot six dudes. <laughs> I was like, uh, well. Uh. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, he will not be able to pitch on Wednesday because he's in the <laughs> yeah. county jail. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I'm really impressed by uh, his accuracy on the mound. <laughs> yeah, no, him, him and Zachary Coyer, just like you said, Zion, those two guys have kind of been Kirk Sarlos' go-to guys in high-leverage situations where – there's runners on runners on base, runners in scoring position. This weekend, Braden Sloan got out of a bases loaded jam, um, had yeah. had had two strikeouts in, in in one of those innings, and it's great to have those guys. And then now, if if mo, more more likely than not, it'll probably be someone like Braden Sloan as opposed to Zachary Corder that gets a that that gets the nod for a midweek start. This is kind of their chance to say, hey, you know. I am used as a reliever, but I can also go much longer than maybe two innings or an inning or an inning and a third, something like that, and show show your worth as perhaps a long relief pitcher. Uh, so, so really looking forward to that. But once again, TCU seven and zero heading into a week where they will have five games um, in the next seven days, all against Pac-12 opponents. That's Washington State on Tuesday. Arizona on Wednesday, USC on Friday, ASU on Saturday, and rounding it out with USC on Sunday once again. But when we come back, we will talk and dive into some TCU men's basketball. They take on Baylor tonight at 8 o'clock, tip-off at 8.07 for Big Monday. So stick right here. You're, you're listening to Riff Ram Review on 88.7 The Choice. Why is Connor having trouble focusing in school? Having trouble finding Connor's middle school? Would you like directions? No, why is Connor having trouble focusing in school? Finding lowest airfare to Istanbul. No, I'm, I'm tired of fighting with him over homework. Homewalk restaurant, need a review? No, I need help. He's very smart, but his mind wanders. He's disorganized. I think I understand. Oh, good. Finding best potatoes for french fries. No! Russet, fingerling, Yukon gold. Why don't you understand me? Sorry, I was trying to show how Connor feels every day. Frustrating, isn't it? Redirecting to understood.org. For the one in five kids with learning and attention issues, this is what life can feel like. Explore understood.org, a free online resource about learning and attention issues designed to help your child thrive in school and in life. Understood.org, because understanding is everything. Brought to you by understood.org and the Ad Council. Welcome back into Riff Ram Review right here on 88.7 The Choice. Seth here alongside Zion and Ian. And baseball has been the talk of the town in Funky Town. But basketball ain't too shabby because guess what, guys? Monday is here and Monday is big. It's a big Monday it's here at DCU, yeah. Big, big Monday. So big, in fact, that... Uh, they are piping Riff Ram Review over the loudspeaker in Shulmai Arena right now as we speak. Hello, everybody. <laughs> yeah, what's up, guys? <laughs> Y'all ready for some college hoops? We wish. We wish. Uh, they just cringe. That. <laughs> uh, TCU playing Baylor tonight at 8 o'clock. So fade out Riff Ram Review once the show ends. Stick with us the rest of the time and then... Hop right into the to the basketball because it's 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 big it's big time. This might be the biggest game of the year uh, tonight, yeah. uh, and we'll talk about that in just a second. But TCU played two games this past weekend against Texas Tech last Tuesday and on against Cincinnati on uh, Saturday. 
We'll start with uh, the bad news, which is that TCU lost to Texas Tech 82-81 to on Tuesday night in Lubbock. Uh, heartbreaker, Zion, don't you think? Yeah, it sucks. It always sucks losing to Tech. Um, we haven't done that much recently, though. So, you know, but it, it, it does stink. And I think... The big story here was uh, the team's inability to close out late. You had a 10-point lead with, I think, six or seven minutes to go, and they lost by one. They had a chance there with Jameer Nelson Jr. to recreate some of that magic. And that's just kind of been the story this season for TCU is, yeah, some games they've been terrific closing out games. You know, Sometimes you need a miracle shot to go in in order to pull off a game. Uh, other times... And I'd say a lot more of the time, the Horn Frogs have struggled closing out games, whether that's really bad turnovers, uh, free throw shooting, yeah. free throws, free throws, free throws. Uh, much better on Saturday. We'll talk about that but later. But the free throw shooting uh, late kind of put themselves in that hole and weren't able to get out of it. Yeah, right now, and and I, I guess right now, but also just over the season, I think the biggest issue with TCU is it's either been just like you said, Zion, either closing it out and and or or not being able to close it out, and it's also those really rough starts where it's where where the team's trying to find some sort of rhythm in the game, and that's really the key to TCU is if they get off to a good start, the rest of the game should be okay. But if they dig themselves a hole with with turnovers left and right and 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 just poor shot taking decisions early on then that can kind of throw them off the off off the cliff to start a game and um unfortunately against Texas Tech you know TCU played well just not good enough down the stretch and I mean ultimately it was kind of more of Texas Tech outlasting TCU in that just because it was such an offensive game uh, yeah, that's the sad news. It's very sad news, but we will we will we're gonna brush past it now because TCU played Cincinnati on Saturday afternoon, and you know baseball might have overshadowed the basketball team this week, but TCU basketball had a very big win against Cincinnati, and our Zion, our own Zion, was on the on the scene. He was on the scene in Schulmeyer Zion reporting live. How was it? Uh, yeah, um, it was, it was a little disappointing, I I would say, for probably one of the most important home games of the season, Ratisu had to have this game, they, there wasn't a lot of fans there, and that, that was a little disappointing, it seems like maybe they're just waiting for tonight against Baylor, hopefully, you would, you would hope that a game against Baylor they will show out but yeah it was it was kind of kind of disappointing but that didn't seem to matter because tcu picked up their first uh win in program history against cincinnati they've never beaten them before oh wow now granted they haven't played them okay. that many times yeah. they're one in six they played them one t- it would be funny it's like they played them one time before <laughs> yeah. and it was this season <laughs> this is the first game no they're uh, one in six all time against cincinnati wow um yeah a reporter after the game asked jamie dixon like it's the first time you beat Cincinnati, like, I guess going back to, like, his pit days, like, uh, I don't know. And he's just like, what do you think about that? He's like, I don't know. We won the game. I mean, yeah. it was, <laughs> you know, it's such a Jamie Dixon yeah. answer. He's like, I don't care. Like, like, but, uh, no, it was a great game. Uh, really happy with the defensive effort. Uh, really 
a much better job rebounding. Last time we played Cincinnati, that was a big problem. This time, I know the stat sheet only says that they out-rebounded them by one, but believe me, like all the coaches, all the players, we felt like, not we, I'm not a part of the team, (laughs) but (laughs) they all felt like that they really did out-rebound them very, you know, and it was a bigger gap than just one that showed on on the stat sheet, so... Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I got to be honest. I did not tune into this game. I was at the baseball game. Yeah. Um, but, but again, it's really at this point for TCU, and, and we kind of talked about it in last week's episode was, look, you have these games left on the calendar. What do you want to see from it? And ultimately, it's out of these three home games, these final three home games, including this win against Cincinnati, you need that win against Cincinnati, and you need that win against UCF. Baylor can be a, that that toss-up game that if you drop, you drop, because at least you got that triple overtime victory down in Waco. But even though Cincinnati is not a fantastic team, it's still a game that you had to win and show up for, and fortunately for TCU, they did. So yeah. Now, before we get in, into previewing this Baylor matchup, I have a question for y'all, because it is Big Monday. Right, today's Big Monday. I don't know mm-hmm. if y'all felt it in the air. It's some, I did not. Something feels different about today. It's hotter for some reason. That's because it's Big Monday. But I have a quarrel with the folks okay. in uh, Connecticut yeah. who have you know, named this Big Monday. Mm-hmm. Could we not? There's so many other adjectives that would start with M. Massive Monday. Mega Monday. Ah, dang it. I <laughs> <laughs> felt a little pressure there. You lose. Megalodon <laughs> Monday. <laughs> that, see, that's better than Big Monday. Yeah. And then what is Tuesday? They have it Super Tuesday, I think is what they called it. That's what they call it. They should call it Terrific Tuesday. Terrific Tuesday. Wonderful Wednesday. Thrilling Thursday. Oh, these are Thrilling yeah. Tuesday. Ferocious No, Friday. Thrilling Thursday is good. THTH, you know. Come on, Ferocious Friday. Yeah, Ferocious Friday. Super Saturday. Yeah. No, no, Super Sunday. Super Sunday. Super Sunday. Silly but Saturday. But they, they don't play on Sunday a lot, so it has that's to be true. Saturday. That's true. Yeah. But that's my biggest quarrel is with the folks over in, uh, where is ESPN nowadays? Connecticut. What city in Connecticut? Bristol. Bristol. Yeah. Um, do they, I, they have, they do some great work, but do they need an alliteration department? Perhaps. Maybe. And we uh, could do that for them. Maybe that's where all the layoffs were. It yes. was the alliteration guys. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yes. They might have lost their subscription to thesaurus.com. Yep. I work at ESPN. Oh, really? What do you do? Yeah, I'm part of the alliteration department. <laughs> Nothing big, but, you know. I come up with the names. You see, yeah. you know those graphics. But today is Big Monday, or as we will call it from here. Monday. Uh, Monday, or Megalodon Monday, I think is a better term for it. TCU playing... Now number fifteenth ranked Baylor. They're coming off an overtime loss to the now number one team in the 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 country, the country, the Houston Cougars, and that game was very good. I was watching it. Zion, yeah. I know you got eyes on it as well. Yeah, it was, it was a very a good, game. very good basketball game. But Baylor lost in kind of you know, not I don't want to say heartbreaking fashion, but definitely got their heart stolen away from them. Mm-hmm. Now they're going to come into Fort Worth looking to prove themselves, but TCU looking for their possibly biggest win of the year tonight yeah i think this would be the biggest win of the year because it's against baylor i mean everybody looks forward to these games against baylor fun fact two years ago today uh tcu beat number nine texas tech ian and i were at that game we stormed the court that was so much fun yeah that was like when you really thought okay 
this team is good. Yep. Like this team is legit. And here we are two years later with an opportunity to go to the NCAA tournament for the third year in a row. That's pretty never for, happened. It's never, never happened, happened yeah. in TCU program history. Yeah. It's insane. No, it's it's definitely exciting and again with with most TCU sports and especially basketball, this basketball team is a streaky team. If they're if they're on a hot streak, the 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 this what the sky's the limit sorry i was trying to figure out what i was going to say the sky's the limit the ceiling there there is no ceiling for a hot tcu men's basketball team and they could start something with getting a big big win tonight against baylor and then after that you have byu west virginia away and then ucf back home in in, in early march so and all mm-hmm. those are are what i would qualify as winnable basketball games yes yeah. exactly BYU might be tough. I think they could win that game. And then, yeah, certainly they should beat West Virginia and UCF. Uh, To me, what I'm really interested to see, last game they shot 14 of 15 from the free throw line. Wow, that was that guys was so nice to see. Was I it like, refreshing. It was, was it like drinking a nice cold glass of water. It it was. It was very very refreshing. Uh, the only guys that missed, oh, the only miss was Avery Anderson. Believe it or not. Um, but yes, the free throw shooting was so much better. Um, another guy, one specific guy that I'm looking at tonight, and I hope that I'm right is Travion Tennyson, who has sort of struggled the last few games. Uh, He's not getting as many open looks. I think teams are really taking him away. And then he's kind of a liability a little bit on the defensive end. Uh, they went with Jameer Nelson and Avery Anderson as the starting guards uh, against Cincy. So hopefully he has a big game, and I hope that next Monday we will be happy to be talking about a TC win. Uh, at next week, next Monday will not be Megalodon Monday, unfortunately. Okay. Like today is, it'll just be Monday, as yes. Ian wants every Monday to be. Apparently, he, yeah. He, you know, he didn't feel the vibes in the air. I don't feel the vibes. It, it, it's a Monday. Does anybody feel the vibes on a Monday? I don't know. Nope. There's people that were sitting outside of the arena at at uh yes eight a.m. Today. Yeah, we, we need to talk about this for a second. I hope those guys did not have class today. Yeah, <laughs> I really hope they did not have class today. Also, it's like the hottest day on the calendar. So yeah, hopefully, and, and I think from the pictures because um, JD AD uh, posted <laughs> on on Instagram. Jeremiah Donati, for yeah. anyone not familiar with uh, the. The, the verbiage. Yeah, he, he posted a picture of, of, of him with some of the students out there. But, yeah, they were out there since, I don't know how early, but way too early, you know? Yeah. I don't think I was awake by the I, time they I were have, out there. I have logistical questions, actually. I have actually, Logistical I, questions? Yeah. So, okay. Okay. So they, they're out there, right? Yes. They have a tent and a mattress yep. and a cooler. Yeah. Where does that go whenever they go into the arena? Does that stay yeah. outside or do they have a... a getaway car of sorts a, a, you know a guy a getaway driver who comes in and picks up all that stuff yeah. before they have to 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 go in that's my question yeah it's a it, it, it is a whole process it really is is it like a is this an, a new industry that we are not aware of because yeah. we see this you know at different schools like you know duke north carolina yeah. will camp out and bigger you know schools will camp out for their different football or basketball games that doesn't really happen at tcu uh and certainly weren't we weren't camping out in terms of overnight stay at least i hope so boys you didn't need to there was no one there this morning yeah. when you got there also i feel like you would have been escorted off the premises and told to go back to your living quarters because uh, you probably just live just across the street. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, but that's i have yeah i have i have questions where does all that crap go Yep. We should bring them on the show and ask them. Yeah. 
We can have them on special guests. Yeah. yeah. Don't know their names. Don't know their names. How we can reach them? I have no idea. They're yeah. available on Mondays, though. Yeah, That's all yeah. we know. <laughs> they're, they're available on Mondays. You know yeah. what? They will be at the game tonight. So. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll find, we can, we can go, go find them. Yes, we can go find them because we will be out of here at 7.55. And, yeah. And uh, I also just want to get over there so because uh, they're giving away $10,000. Donati's choosing five students to shoot a half-court shot and win $10,000. So... I mean, do one of you guys want to go and like if one of us w- makes it, then we'll just like split the pot. Yeah, man. Let's I'd be do down, it. You know. Has he already chosen them, or do we have to? Well, he's like, probably to get... chosen them. I... How did he choose them? That's a good out question. of a hat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Were all of our names in a hat? And, and the first fifty students get a TCU Frogs jersey, which yeah. like the authentic. I was like, it's like fifty. Like fifty students. Yeah. Okay. Five zero. I, I can say. With almost a hundred percent certainty, we will not be one of those first fifty. <laughs> we, we would have to be there like an hour ago. We would have had to had to camp out this morning. We would have had to done the show from. Could you <gasps> a remote? Yeah, yeah, that would be Whoa, so. That's an awesome idea. Like students just have students on. Like, hey, what do you guys? Dang. Hey, hey, if it's in the budget, which it probably isn't, yeah, then. We might do that. I mean, we can either bring the radio station to them or bring the Schulmeyer to the radio station. I, mean, I feel like the latter is easier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, uh, we should have, well, okay, all, a lot of the basketball players are students in the communications building. They are. I, I see, we, we see them quite a bit because yeah. they are taller than most of the other humans. <laughs> yeah. You can't miss Believe them. it or not, they stand out. Yes. Uh, we should... Tell them, hey, we have an idea. So there's the atrium outside this building. We're gonna put a basketball court there. That's why y'all are playing. Uh, uh, who the, who's the last home game? UCF. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's where y'all are playing UCF because we have to be close. Yeah. And we can't yeah. go over there. So, and this is what will make it Big Monday. Exactly. If y'all are closer to big us. Big Monday at Maudie. Oh, Ooh, I like Maudie it. Megal- Monday. Megalodon I like it. Monday. Yeah. Mega Maudie Monday. Mega yeah. Monday. Yeah. There Did, we go. Have you guys had any classes with the basketball players? I had a class with Xavier Cork, and I couldn't see anything half the time because he sat in front of me, and he's like seven foot. So it was, you know, I was like, oh, yeah. And, and eventually I just moved over a couple seats because I thought, well, I'm, I can't see. So I had yeah. a class with one of with the with Fred Hoiberg's son, here. Who he was the coach of the Bulls, and now he's the coach of Nebraska Got basketball. Got it. Oh, okay. Yeah, nice. I was like, that name sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah I was like, but uh, but that's not TC basketball. I know, but like <laughs> when he told when like I figured that out by context clues, i.e. his last name. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I was like, oh. And I hope I didn't just dox him and like he goes here, but he does like he's online. So, yes. I, but, but and it's evident that you he just, just ratted basically. him out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there you go. Wait, you just did it, Seth. All right. Yeah. Well. In, in in my freshman year, I had a class with um, Emmanuel Miller. Um, he's a cool guy. He laughed at one of my presentations. <laughs> I guess nice. I said something funny. Yeah. Hey, but nice. I was like, I was like, uh oh. I'm like. I didn't think it was funny. <laughs> take, oh. take it to the bank. It wasn't like, uh, oh, that. No, no, but yeah, I, it was a communicating effectively class. So for any of those listening, if you've taken it, you know what it is, speeches and all that fun stuff. Uh, but no, it was with him. And then I think Paige Bradley was in it from women's basketball. And then I think, I don't want to, it was either, I think it was Deja Turner. She was in that class too. But yeah. Mm. Oh, wow, yeah, a stacked class. There's like a trio of them. Yeah, that's cool. That's, yeah. That, that's more athletes in a class than I think I've had. 
and, and that's what's kind of cool about TCU too is you can just have classes with a bunch of athletes. I had yep. a class with Josh Hoover. You know, it's just and, very. And that's a thing that's different here. They actually have to go to the class. Yes, <laughs> yes. As yes. Mark Cohen told us the other day in our uh, sports journalism class. Thank you, Mark, for joining us. Yeah. Remember they, Seth? Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> I do remember Gosh, that. I, that, that was, what, what you said is exactly what Mark Cohen said. It is. Oh, yeah. I thought. Is that where I learned that? Okay. Yes, that's where we we learned that. <laughs> I thought I, I no. Okay. Anyway, holy cow! This basketball <laughs> talk is completely derailed. It has, but who's uh, TCU basketball playing? Yeah, right? they play Baylor. Yes. They play Baylor. Uh, we're we're gonna hope for some positive results. Um, it's a good chance to prove it tonight against Baylor. Yes, it absolutely is. And you know who has proved that they have what it takes to win? The TCU women's basketball team, and that's who we're gonna be talking about next here on 88.7 KTCU, The Choice. Hi, Betty. Oh, hey, Bob. Isn't your sister joining us for lunch? No, no, she hardly comes out anymore. She's been pretty depressed lately. Why is that? Is something wrong? Well, her doctor says she has macular degeneration. That's one of the leading causes of vision loss for people over 55. You know, my doctor told me a few years ago that I had macular degeneration and that it was progressing. So I've been vigilant about seeing an eye doctor. And I quit smoking. I, I eat foods that might help it from progressing any further. Well, is there a cure? No, well, there's no cure. There, there is hope thanks to the Foundation Fighting Blindness. They sent me a free information packet on current treatments, clinical trials, and the latest research on macular degeneration. That is good news. I should have my sister call them. Do you have their number? Yeah, sure. Their number is 1-800-BLINDNESS. That's 1-800-254-6363. Great. I'm going to tell her to call the Foundation Fighting Blindness today. Welcome back to Riff Ram Review right here on 88.7 The Choice. I'm Zion Trammell, joined alongside Ian Apetian and Seth Dowdle. We got into some TCU men's basketball. Now we're going to switch on over to TCU women's basketball as they're starting to build up a little winning streak here. They're getting players back and they're looking like the team that we saw in the beginning of the season. They have won three in a row. Last week they won at BYU 68-58. to and then they beat Houston at home on Saturday, 59-49. to So back-to-back 10-point wins there for the Frogs. Uh, the, the big thing, though, on Saturday was they got back Sedona Prince, who we had on the, on the show early uh, in the last season, last year. Uh, we had her on. It was a fun interview. And it was a while ago. Yeah, it was back yes. in, like, October. The season hadn't even started yet. Yeah, I think it was back in October. Yeah, um, it, it, was, it was the... Yeah, we, we did the interview, and then they, they played their first game. Yeah. And yeah. they won 14 in a row. They, they did. didn't win for a while. Yeah. And now they've won three in a row. Yeah. yeah. How they, about that? They, it's, I think this team, we, we know how good this team could could have been, really, if uh, they had stayed healthy. Um, but now we're starting to see what this team could look like. Obviously, you're not getting back Jaden Owens. You're not getting back Deja Turner. But you do have your two best players back in Madison Connor and Sedona Prince. And in that win over Houston, uh, Sedona Prince had 15 points, six rebounds, and two blocks. And I was watching that game, and the, every time she was calling for a pass, I'm like, please don't hit her fingers. Please don't hit her fingers. <laughs> like, I'm just, like, yeah. praying. Like, please just catch the ball smoothly. Because she broke her finger on the opening tip against Baylor, 
and uh, that was really heartbreaking to see and so now I'm just like very weary of it like and I'm sure she is a little bit too but uh, yeah she had a great game um, shot seven of eight from the free throw line Agnes Emanopu had 13 um, and you know Madison Connor hasn't really been relied on too much in the, in these last two wins I mean she had 11 points in the win over Houston and then nine points or eight points in the win over BYU. Um, she's kind of struggled a little bit from three point, but you just know that if she can knock down a few, she'll start to get into a rhythm. Um, it's really been Sydney Harris that yep. has been kind of that, that three point shooter along with Agnes Emanopu. Um, the Horn Frogs also set the record for the most made three pointers in a season. Um, in, in team history. In team history. Uh, I believe... That was against BYU. It was against BYU. So that's just a, a remarkable achievement um, and pretty exciting. I have a, I have a, I have a proposal. So you all know the saying, you know, an apple a day keeps the doctor away. Now, yes. I have a new one for y'all. If you have a three-game... If you have a five-game losing streak, all you need to do is play three Big 12 newcomers in a row and you will not be losing anymore. That's what she Something said. like that. <laughs> That's what TCU just did. Yeah. Uh, oh, sorry. Go on. Well, I was just Cincinnati, BYU, and Houston, not ready for the the big lights of frog frog women's basketball. Yeah. No. TCU slowly finding their way back to winning ways. Um, I think that 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 win over BYU was big. The 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 ten point um, the the ten point victory, and then obviously beating Houston, and now then you have two more games before the Big Twelve championship tips off on March 7th. You have Texas Tech this Wednesday and the number 24 West Virginia away um, on March 2nd. But again, this TCU team, it's a team that if they get hot at the right time, they could make a run and surprise some people. Now, are they going to win the Big 12 championship tournament? Most likely not. But if they can get hot right now, I could definitely see them going through at least to the second round or or maybe pushing the third round of the tournament. And again, it's we, we kind of mentioned it a couple weeks ago, but you're you're getting some of your top players back just in time to to give them enough time on the court to slowly get hot for perhaps a postseason run in the Big Twelve Championship tournament, maybe the NCAA tournament, but more more likely the 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 ITA. So. Okay, I thought I thought Seth was going there. Yeah, um, no, it's it's been it's been really nice to see this team get back into a rhythm, and you know, kind of the mindset is like no one feels bad for us. I did. I mean, I was like, oh my gosh, I just can't even imagine. I was so excited about this team, and and I still am with the way that they've been playing recently. Right now, I think they're just trying to play so that they don't have to um, play in that first round uh, because. The Big 12 tournament starts on March 7th. Game 1 is number 12 versus number 13, and then 11 versus verse 14. And as it currently stands, TCU is... 1, 2, 3, 4... Sorry, I should have done this before. Uh, eight. <laughs> Do they not have numbers next to them? No, in the thing, they That's don't. That's kind of cruel. Yeah, no, they don't. They On the Big 12 website, you actually have to, like, count. Um 
They're fine. <laughs> what are we doing, Brett Yormark? What are we doing? I was yeah. like, oh, I should have had this before. Uh, they're five and eleven in conference play, and then eighteen and nine overall. That's so. That is going to be such a bizarre thing. Like when people look back and they see, like, what? How is this team had such a good record and then such a bad conference record, and then they have two more losses than they have on the overall record yeah, win column? Right. Like, how does this even uh, work out? But yeah, they, they have a chance. They're not going to catch Kansas, who's at six. They're nine and seven. They do have a chance to catch Oklahoma State. So if they can just keep you know, building up and, and getting higher up in the standings in these last two games, it kind of bodes well for you come the tournament. They've got Texas Tech and then West Virginia. And I think they got a shot to be Tech. They played them pretty close last time, and that was with— they only lost by six in Lubbock, and that was the second game— where the walk-ons were on the team and they played pretty well uh now obviously with you would think with madison connor and sedona prince back you could you could win that game west virginia will be a little bit tougher at the top 25 team and west virginia is pretty good so we'll have to see but certainly ian you were alluding to the big 12 tournament run They'll be dangerous, I think. Yeah. But I think they'll hit a wall. Oh yeah. And and, and where that wall is is to, is TBD. But certainly, if they can get farther down the line with a better seating in these yeah. last two games, it certainly won't help their shot at some sort of postseason tournament berth. Most certainly not NCAA tournament. NIT is probably best hopes at this point. And I think if they do make the NIT. They could probably they could they, make noise. I, I think they could win that. Yeah, thing. no, exactly. And and again, really at this point for this TCU women's basketball team and their coaching staff and every everyone behind the scenes, anything more than the Big Twelve championship is is just it's it's a it's a big win for the program. No matter what, no matter how you look back at this year, everyone will look back at this year and say, "Man, this team was fantastic." It was really tough with what happened, but. After winning three games in a row, they're slowly bouncing back, finding their rhythm once again. And simply, no matter what happens, this year has just been such a wonderful year for the program, for the coaching staff, for all the new players um, that have been involved. And hopefully, it sets TC women's basketball forth for for a good, you know, for for a good future in terms of recruiting. Because I I definitely can see Mark Campbell doing this once again next year and 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 for years to come. So yeah, what's even crazier is. Like I feel like a good way to frame talking about this team is to frame it like in the sense of the entire season what it, what they've accomplished in regards to past results and that's what we've talked about I feel like for a good re- majority of our women's basketball discussions has been oh my gosh like no matter the adversity this is like a success to a certain degree uh, one of those successes is TCU had not won a road Big Twelve game since 2021 and now they've wow. won two in a row yeah. That's and, that's massive. Yeah, yeah, it's like it was. They couldn't get over those certain hills, and now they've eclipsed them. Like just that one, and now you can now you can push the snowball down the other side and potentially you know keep racking those up, and they'll get one more shot at a road Big Twelve game. It'll be a top twenty-five matchup that'll be on Saturday, and if they can do that, that'll be one Mark Campbell's first ranked win yeah. as a coach, TCU's first ranked win, and whoever who who knows how long. Yeah. Actually, it's been I believe three years too okay um but yeah they've just jumped over so many hurdles this year even with the injuries um 
I mean, they, what they've it's, they've doubled their win total from last yeah, year. Yeah, oh yeah. It's it's one thing to have all those injuries. It's just another thing to try to bounce back after the season that was last year. That they only won a handful of games. I mean, and and now they're pretty competitive. And the good thing is, is they're going to have a decent amount of this core back. If you kind of look at the roster, Jaden Owens is a grad student. She she will move on. Madison Connor's only a junior, though, so all likelihood she will be back next year. How is that even possible? Madison Connor being a junior? Yeah. I don't know. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, Una Jovanovic is a junior. Um, Sedona's obviously a grad student, so she will likely move on. And then you have um, Emma Nopu's a senior, but Aaliyah Robertson's a sophomore. Deja Turner's a redshirt sophomore. Sydney Harris is a sophomore. Victoria Flores, who had some good games as a freshman. So yeah. a lot of this core that got heavy minutes with all these injuries, they're going to be back next season. They're going to be better than ever. Um, I'm really excited about uh, Aaliyah Robertson coming back. She's she's had a really good season for TCU, and obviously they're going to hit the transfer portal. They've already got Haley Cavender coming in this season, so or next season. So there's there's some there's some positives moving forward. What they're doing right now, winning three in a row, is is pretty exciting. Yeah, and and going off of what you said, there's Zion, about next season. The biggest takeaway in perhaps silver lining I, I guess we can call it a silver lining of you know of the the unfortunate happenings you know to this TC women's basketball program the, the 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 biggest silver lining is that you you go into next season yes you do lose some of those senior players that meant a lot to the team but you also then get back a lot of players young players at that that have that experience those that in-game experience of playing just like you said there because then you can build upon that even further and it's almost like some of these these girls have just a head start on next season after playing a lot more than they perhaps expected coming into this year yeah uh the big 12 tournament will start on thursday march 7th and run till tuesday march 12th uh, taking a look at the standings, Oklahoma is currently in first place with a 14 and two record, and Texas is in second place. So, who knows? We could see an OU Texas uh, matchup in the Big 12 tournament. Obviously, a lot of other things can happen. Um, Texas is 26 and three overall. They yeah. are are certainly a powerhouse, and you certainly hope that TCU can make some noise. But before that. They will play Texas Tech at home in their final home game on Wednesday. That'll be senior night at 6.30, and then they'll go to Morgantown to take on West Virginia. But that'll wrap things up for our women's basketball talk. When we come back, we're going to do some poll watching with college baseball and basketball right after this break right here on Riff Ram Review. The College of Communication here at TCU offers the ever-growing and always-in-demand major of sports broadcasting. Many ask, what exactly is taught in the sports broadcasting major? This popular field of study caters to us students that want to learn the skills to produce live and remote sporting events for both radio and television. We acquire the skills to put together sports programming at the professional level, and we then use this new expertise to produce games you can watch on ESPN Plus or listen to right here on KTCU. In addition to the hands-on experience, we also develop analytical skills to discuss and understand the social and cultural roles that sports play in countries around the globe. 
If you would like more information on a rewarding degree in sports broadcasting here at TCU, please visit ftdm.tcu.edu. Welcome back to Riff Ram Review right here on 88.7 KTCU The Choice. I'm Seth Dowdle alongside Ian Apesian and Zion Trammell. As we just finished our talk about the TCU men's and women's basketball teams, now we're going to look at the polls. We're going to watch the polls, as they say. Polls. Poll watching. <laughs> and this is not pole vaulting. It's pole watching. It is. A new Olympic sport. We're going to look at the men's basketball top 25 and the D1 baseball top 25. Uh, we'll look briefly at basketball. I think I want to focus most of the segment on the D, on the baseball top 25 because uh, TCU's in it. TCU's, <laughs> TCU, <laughs> yeah. TCU's in it. But let's look briefly at the men's basketball top 25. Zion, who stands out to you the most as we enter the tail end of the season right now? Well, uh, I was not obviously expecting TCU to crank the, the top 25, but uh, some newcomers to the top 25. South Florida, they, I don't believe, have been in the top 25 yet this season. Maybe in the beginning. I don't think they have. But it's been a while. Uh, they're they, 21 and 5. Yeah, they picked up a win over SMU. So uh, Gonzaga back in the top 25. Looks like it's setting up for a ranked matchup between them and St. Mary's. Uh, I'm not sure when they play, I'm sure it's soon. Probably this week, actually. Let's see Gonzaga v. St. Mary. Uh, that would be an exciting matchup. Saturday, March 2nd. Okay. That's so, this weekend. <laughs> so this weekend we will get a ranked matchup between number 17 St. Mary's, who's one of the hottest teams in the country, taking on number 23 Gonzaga. That should be – that. that's going to be cinema. I can't wait for that. Um, but, yeah, new number one, Houston has dethroned UConn. Interesting, interesting, interesting. And, and UConn think, has dropped to three. Yeah. I, that, I think, I, I felt like they should have stayed at two. Whatever. I mean, I, I think Houston right now is playing like the best team in the country. Uh, that game against Baylor, I, I don't think the score indicates that, yeah, Baylor kind of came back in that game. But Houston's defense, man, oh, they are just so stifling and, and tremendous and they play a smart offensive game, and I really like Houston a lot. I think they could win this whole thing. I think they could too, and I don't think I'd be upset about it. No, I, I mean, be, I'd root I'd for be, Houston. I would as well. Yeah. Uh, Big 12 still showing out in the top 25, although the SEC has the most teams in the, this edition of the top 25. Arr. Six. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but <laughs> we have never all, heard all that our... noise before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, but that's the big twelves the big twelves are are further up in the polls. Yes, all uh, our teams are in the top fifteen. Houston one. Uh, we'll count Arizona. Arizona six. There we go. <laughs> we'll count Arizona. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, Iowa State. Uh, Kansas seven. Iowa State eight. Um, Baylor fifteen. So I wanted to ask quickly. Um, because it just came came into my head here. I was looking at the standings. What did you guys make of what occurred on Saturday between Duke and Wake Forest with Kyle Filipowski spraining his ankle um, after a storm rush? Seth, storm, you take this one. Court oh, storm. Okay. <laughs> did you? I uh, I I uh, I I am like like 
it to me it's just collateral damage to an, like it's just an accident to, like stor- court storming is not a violent act it's not uh it is a fun thing and if anything and this is not me putting blame on anything. I think that John Trier should say, "Hey, by the way, we're Duke. If we lose this game, we're probably gonna. This court's probably gonna be stormed. Be prepared." Yeah, that, I mean, if you're a premier program like that, like a Duke, like Kansas, UNC, you know, all these big teams, you're gonna, you, you will be court stormed at some point. Yeah. It's just inevitable. Um, it's it sucks that 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 he got hurt. Obviously, it's not severe. Um, and I think as fans, when I rush the court, it's obviously a lot easier to do for football because the field's so big, but with basketball, it's more condensed. Don't just run head first into a player. I mean, go around them, but on, at the same time, Kyle Filipowski, he was lollygagging off that court. Yeah. He's walking. I mean, dude, get off the court. You know, they're going to storm. Like, I don't like, <laughs> don't dude, you want to get off? Yeah. I'm like, he looked like he was taking an afternoon <laughs> stroll. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, oh, oh, hey, oh, wow, people, thousand <laughs> students running at me. I mean, th- that dude got leveled. I mean, he flew like 10 yards. Like he could have slid. That, that was like a head first slide in the, in the mid court. And, uh, he was safe. My, um, my my biggest problem is just the discourse about how all the people who seem to be the biggest voices in college basketball, they seem to hate everything that college basketball is about. Uh, Jay Billis had the best take about this, and by best I mean worst. Uh, he oh, said, he did? Oh, he I said, didn't see this. He, he was asked who, what they should do about court storming, and he said, well... They don't should, lose. They should. That, that's what. That's what my opinion is. But he said once they get on the court, they just shouldn't let them leave. They should arrest them all. No way. Wow. No. I. Ooh. Or uh, no or way. I'm not gonna say anything because that? we've all been parts of courts and field storming, so I don't want to say anything. They should arrest. That's wild. Or arrest them or, or like find them. <sighs> dude. Really? Oh come on now. <laughs> like really, dude. Okay. He did go to Duke. Who by said the way. this? Jay Billis. He went to Duke. I like him. I like Jay Billis too. He's he's. Let's see, Jay uh, Billis. Yeah, you know, email him now. <laughs> um, oh, I thought it was Jay Billis. Oh, but yeah, My that's bad. such a terrible. I do know who this guy is. Oh, man, yeah, that's that's not <clears throat> a that's yeah that's not a good take. I don't like that. I've always been a big advocate of court slash field storming because unless you've done it bef- like if you if just, if you've done it before you know how fun and incredible and how close like it makes you feel closer to the team it's more personal it's not just like oh we're running because we won it's like we're celebrating this team that just won a big game um and there are safe ways to do it yes yeah. and there was an instance with Caitlin Clark which again like if you're a student just don't run head for like i'm not saying what they did was okay Obviously, just it's, be smart. Yeah, just go around them. They're really tall. I mean, they're you, <laughs> you can't miss them. Yeah, you can't. They're miss wearing them. different colors than they're, you. Yeah, just go around them. But also, Filipowski should have gotten off the court quicker. I I don't know. I think that's like if this happened in a mid-major game, nobody would have said anything. But it happened to Duke, and it happened to a really good player, so it, they made a big deal of it. Speaking of Duke, oh, okay. Sorry. I'm, I'm going to pivot this. You we're going to pivot this. Can I Spe- say one thing real quick? Yeah. Oh, we'll pivot after. He said Stormer should be detained. 
Where would you detain them? <laughs> yeah, on the court, of course. The court? Yeah. yeah, you're in timeout. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to stay here. here. I'm going to yeah. watch every single person of the student body on this court, and we're not going to uh, let you uh, out. Uh, uh, where are you going? Uh, by the way, and if you want to use the security that's at the basketball stadium, they're the ones that let everyone rush the court in the first place. So, yeah. sorry. Yes. I, great. No, that's a good point. Yeah, that's a very good point. Speaking of Duke, they're number 12 in the D1 baseball rankings. Oh, Yes. Wow. Now we have we have stopped poll watching. <laughs> we are going to continue our poll watching exercises yes. by looking at the D one baseball top twenty five. Uh, TCU at five. We briefly talked about that and yep. why or why not they should have moved up. But nonetheless, Wake Forest one, Arkansas two, LSU three, and Florida four. Or Oregon State did move up to six. Texas A and M is at seven. Tennessee moved down to eight. Vandy down to nine. And then Clemson rounds out the top ten um, at ten. But there are some fun teams in these top 25, and there are teams that I'm keeping my eye on all season long, some in the top 25, some not. Uh, Zion, you were mentioning during the break that we might have a team that we're rooting for that is pretty similar this season, other than TCU. Yes, sir. That is the 11th-ranked East Carolina baseball team, man. Pirates. Yeah, I mean, the pirates. pirates. Oh, yes. Yeah, the pirates. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Sorry. (laughs) They have a skull and bones and a pirate hat. Yes. No, no. no, I I don't know. (laughs) My apologies, Carolina. East Carolina. What did I say? You said Carolina. Huh? Wait. You said apologies, Carolina. Oh, oh. Come on, man. Gosh, I'm I'm really losing yeah. it here, man. <laughs> Are you I, rooting for him or not? I, I am. <laughs> I am rooting for the East Carolina Pirates. Uh, I I didn't particularly watch like their games like in depth, but I'm just looking on Twitter, man. That atmosphere, dude. Holy cow! I want to be a part of it. Their jerseys are clean too. That's kind of another thing. But um, yeah, they they beat UNC two out of three. They're a fun team to watch. I, I'm I'm gonna keep my eye on them. I legitimately think that they could win a national title. Of all the mid-major teams, I think that they are the top choice to probably yes. uh, to maybe win a, win a natty this year. He, they were on your list, right? They were on my list. I have a list. I concocted a list. I have two weekends of of what's it, observations to you know see who I'm going to root for this year besides TCU baseball because it's you know it's easy in professional sports to put all your eggs into one basket because um, there's only like 30 or so teams. But in college, there's like 400 of them. And the chances that your team is going to win a natty uh, are pretty slim. So I like to spread them across. Obviously, the most, like a good 95% of them are in the TCU basket. And if any of these teams are playing TCU, TCU will trump that. But this season, I'm going to root for East Carolina because I think they can win a national title. I'm going to root for Hawaii baseball because it's one good, it's something to keep me up at night. If there's no no sports to watch, Hawaii will probably be playing at 10 p.m. Central time. Also, would it be so cool for a regional to be at Hawaii? If they were, if they were to ever host a regional, that would be so cool. I would love that. Yes, I, and their jerseys are sick, sick as well. I'm rooting for Oregon State this year because I feel bad for them, and also I think they have a shot at winning, uh, uh, at winning the national title too. I think they're really good, and I think legitimately they have an argument to be number one. But that's beside the point. Uh, I am going to root for Arkansas. That is just to uh, please my fiance because uh, she goes there. But there also, go. I think they're a fun team to root for. And then finally. Dallas Baptist University, yes. I think, has a really good shot. They are really good this year. Cliff the, Pennington. <laughs> the third base coach. Uh, 
They beat Oklahoma in the midweek last Tuesday. They play Oklahoma State this Tuesday. Hey, if they can sweep the Oklahoma schools, they I mean, and they, they're going to probably run that league too. We'd appreciate it. They, they, yeah, but DBU, they're ranked number 25. East Carolina is ranked 11th. Beaver Baseball. Oklahoma State or Oregon State, they're ranked seventh, and Arkansas is ranked number two. So, I picked those teams one because I think they have legitimate shots at making it to Omaha. Maybe not winning it all, but making it to Omaha at the least, um, and just to provide a fun experience. Yeah, over, I, all around. Yeah, part of my reasoning for East Carolina is is not because, I mean, obviously they're a really talented team, but I just I love the vibes seeing that unfold this past weekend. I was like, now I suddenly want to go to a game. It yeah. was really. It was packed. I mean, the they jungle. set they set the attendance record. Uh, they had like sixty two hundred people there yesterday um, against North Carolina, and they walked it off. It was, the final score was ten to nine. So Dang. that that game it was a really good baseball game, a really good series, and um, and yeah, it's it, it'll be fun. There are here's a fun fact about this top twenty five. There are nine teams from the Carolinas in this in the top twenty five for baseball right now. Yeah. Dang. From North and South Carolina, isn't that crazy? Yep, that's cr- yeah. It, 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 it's 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 kind of insane how good that part of the country is at college baseball. But yeah. out of the top twenty-five, I want both of y'all to pick, other than East Carolina, a team that you uh, like. Campbell Camels. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Are they from Carolina too? They are. They They're are from North Carolina, there and they go. beat East Carolina in the midweek last weekend. They did. Yeah, take that uh, sign. <laughs> um, <laughs> big East Carolina guy over there. Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, Campbell Camels, just because they're camels, um, I think that's awesome. <laughs> um, and then DBU. I like DBU. I, I, DBU has had TCU's number, I feel like, for the whole like last year and a half to two two seasons. Um, whenever they come to TCU or TCU goes over to Dallas. Yeah. Where Dallas Baptist University resides. It's always a tough game. Um, so, yeah. I like those two teams. If there's a team that's higher than them, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm trying to see if there's a team that I like that's any higher. But the higher you get, the more name brands there are, and I'm less crazy about like, name we brands. We don't like the name brands. We don't like name brands. We want Campbell to win the whole thing. Yes. Campbell <laughs> Camels as your national champion. Well, let's do it. Um, where, like, in, where is DBU? I, I've never been. Dallas. Or Baptist. Oh, that that helps. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's. Um, Let's see. I don't know how to describe it geographically. Gotcha. If you go east on twenty, and you go a little bit north once you get to Loop Twelve, if you know where that is. I don't, but uh, <laughs> I well, I, I kind of do. Oh wow! So Dallas Baptist University is a private Christian university <laughs> in Dallas, Texas. Um, currently operates campuses in Dallas, Plano, and Hearst. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So, <laughs> 3000 Mountain uh, Creek Parkway, Dallas, Texas. Do you know where it is now? You know the address? That was it. Yes. <laughs> um, I, I need to answer Seth's question. Uh, so, I mean, to me, I was. I, it's hard not to say that to me, Arkansas, I think, is, is the best team in the country. Uh, that performance by Hagen Smith. An all-time performance. My goodness. Video game numbers. Yeah, I think he had 50, yeah, he struck out every batter. 15 strikeouts through five innings. He finished with 17 through six innings. And then he was like, I'm good. He, he threw like 60 pitches and he was like, I'm good. I'm good. I'm going to leave now. That is literally, that, that is ridiculous, man. And it's not like it was against a pretty bad team. It's a top 
10 team in the country. And he just made them look absolutely silly. And not to mention, he only had one walk. Dang. Are you kidding me, man? That command was there, man. Holy. I was watching it, uh, and I was disappointed when the one out that was not a strikeout was a diving play by the second baseman. And I was like, let it Come go, on, man. You're like, let, <laughs> it go. let it go. <laughs> let him strike out the next guy. He's going to do it. It was yeah. It was, it, was, it was sad that it was disappointing at that point. And then that game was good because Oregon State ended up coming back to tie it, and then uh, Arkansas didn't walk it up, but they scored in the eighth to take the lead uh, to win the game. So it was good that it was actually like a good baseball game too. Yeah, uh, Arkansas, man, I it's it's crazy. I think they, and I don't know. Like I'm not gonna sit here and say that I know every team's pitching staff, but I think Arkansas has the best rotation in college baseball um yeah they uh hagan smith brady tiger and mason molina would all be friday starters on like 97 percent yeah of teams in the country yeah so i've got my eye on them um you know tcu beat them last year multiple times yeah, three times so uh none of, none you of know. them completely that competitive either yeah yeah the they really weren't that competitive no um, they weren't. I even was the one at Globe Life. The game at Globe Life, I, I gotta say this, Seth, and I know you like Arkansas, but and I and I do too. But I mean, I was rooting for TCU. I had the TCU sweatshirt on. Yeah, but like the the Wu Pig Suey chant really got old. Like it got old pretty quick. Wu Pig Suey. I was like, oh man. <laughs> like, I've never heard it live. Or uh, actually, I've actually never heard. I, it. I will. Gi- I will give it credit. It's incredible because they get everyone to do it and they're in sync and they do, you know. And, but I'm just like, oh man, it's like they could, it's ball one. Oh, and I'm like, oh my God, really, dude? It's a 1 0 count and the bases are empty. Like, what? I will say this if you ever get the chance to do it, uh, don't be offbeat. Like, don't, like, don't do like one of the, don't do it offbeat because then you just look like a complete doofus. Your your fiance can give us some tips if we yes. go to an Arkansas game. Seth, can you do it just so I can yeah. see oh, it like right so, now? Like what it's yeah. yeah. Right now? Okay. Yeah. Uh so you go woo pig suey. And they do oh, it three times. Oh really? Yeah. Ooh, oh. And and it's like when Okay, yeah. They do it over and over. And I remember I was like, And at the last one, they go woo pick suey and they end it with Razorbacks. Okay, okay. And and do they do it at a, like after something happens or is it just whenever? Well, for whenever? football, it's after like it's during kickoffs and after touchdowns. And then for all the other sports, it's just like if some dude just stands up and starts doing it, everyone's like, okay, let's go. Yeah, the, all right, we're doing it. Interesting. And, all right. and I just, I'm sitting there, I'm like, man, like maybe it's a little jealousy that like we don't, like we have the Riff Ram Bazoo, but it, it is cool. It just, it, it got a little old fast. I, I would do it though. Like, yeah, count me in. I'm, you know. I'll and is it. that a pig call? What it's, is that? It's calling the hogs. That's oh, it's calling the hogs. Oh, yeah. yeah. They're calling yeah. the hogs. Yeah. yeah. They're not the Arkansas but, pigs. <laughs> so what's... But they've never, they've never came. Like, the hogs never arrive. They never, they never come. They never get to the, <laughs> they never get to this ballpark where it, where it is. They never get there. <laughs> Whooping suey. Come on, guys. <laughs> uh, what's weirder? The... <laughs> Riff Ram Basu, <laughs> or the, the Woo Pig Suey. Uh, what's 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 weirder? You guys got me crying here, <laughs> laughing. Oh my gosh. Riff Ram, I think, is a little weirder. Yeah. 
Because not as many people do it. It's like not as famous either, I don't think. And I think when people hear it, they're like, what is that? Yeah. Because they're not, it's not even words. Yeah. Even though like that's our show. Our show is Lily Refram. Yeah. So, I'm talking to walls right now. These two people do not hear <laughs> no, anything I'm that I'm saying. No, I'm just laughing so hard. Um, so, so the equivalent of Refram review would be wig, wig, woo pig review, woo pig. Wow, I don't know. These last two segments have gone off the rails. I'm, oh my gosh, yeah. I'm crying right now. Um, we might go off the rails even more because uh, we have another. That's not an oddball segment, but it's certainly. Uh, has the potential for us to start just cracking up again because spring training has started and uh, free agency is still going, unfortunately. It is kind of a drag, but and we're going to talk about that next here on 88.7 KTCU, The Choice. I want to thank my mommy for loving me so much, for taking me out to the park, for reading me books, for taking, taking me to the doctor when I broke my foot in ballet rehearsal, for leaving me alone. When I wanted to be alone. And, and now, as a grown-up, I'm thankful for being able to take care of you, my dear mom. For having the chance to take you to the park. For reading you those books we enjoy so much. For being able to take you to your therapies after you twisted your ankle. For understanding that sometimes you simply want to be alone. Roles change without us noticing. And in your new role, we help you help Visit aarp.org caregiving to get practical health and wellness tips to provide even better care for your loved one. Remember, visit aarp.org caregiving. AARP, we help you help. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Riff Ram Review right here on 88.7 The Choice, your choice for college radio. My name's Ian Apetian, and tonight I'm joined alongside Zion Tremel and Seth Dowdle as we just finished talking a little bit about some baseball polls, men's basketball polls, um, but now we're going to kind of switch gears going to Major League Baseball as spring training just started this week. So, boys, obviously you two very excited after last season, uh, the, the, the Texas Rangers winning it all, winning the World Series over the Arizona Diamondbacks. Now that we're headed into spring training, we're, what, three, four games, depends on what team you are. Um, what are some things that you guys have liked out of the Rangers or things that you've seen from other teams? Just just give me a little bit here. The Rangers have been doing off-season business in incognito mode, it almost seems like. I, nothing has happened. They've done nothing. And neither of the Diamondbacks. They've done like more than the Rangers, but it's been the two most inconspicuous pennant winners off-seasons yeah. I can remember in a long time. I agree. Yeah, they didn't. And I don't really think the Rangers needed to, like, do a ton of things. I mean, um, they lost a few guys. They lost Mitch Garver. Uh, they lost the world is Chapman. Uh, who else did they lose? Chris Stratton, Will Smith. Will Smith. Smith. Um, Whoever Will Smith goes to, they're yeah, winning it we're all. We're done, yeah. boys. Uh, <laughs> Go Royals. Yeah, Austin Hedges. I mean, they didn't really – Garver was kind of the big loss, and then as we kind of – spoke with Jared Sandler and I think it's coming a little more realize a realization that that uh Jordan Montgomery is not returning um but yeah I mean it's it's I think coming into this spring training there's a lot of hype around Wyatt Langford obviously um he's I don't think he's gotten a hit yet uh Justin Foskey's looked pretty good for the Rangers uh 
someone that unfortunately might be a trade piece at some point. I mean, I, I just there's not much room in the infield right now. So, um, although he's been playing first base, has he? Yeah, they've been putting him at first because um, every other like second base is not happening for him anytime soon. No, or short or third. Or left or center or right yeah. or catcher. I mean, or, or pitcher. Actually, you yeah. know what? <laughs> you know what? Foscu, if you can pitch, give it'd be shot. great. Yeah. Uh, speaking of, and this is totally off the rails, did y'all see that Ronald Guzman is trying to pitch? Hello? He's in the Orioles system and he's he, he's trying to pitch. F- for context, he was the first baseman for the Texas Rangers back when we sucked. And he was fun <laughs> to watch. I mean, he was good for, he, he had a, like a, decent run for a tiny bit and then oh wait oh away. oh never mind you're talking about oh, oh wait we're we talking about someone else no we're talking about ronald Guzman. oh okay okay i thought we were i was looking at ian's laptop and it looked like someone else okay no it's just his patreon baseball references with the giants mm. okay. oh sorry it's not the orioles but the giants i don't this was last year and i think it's kind of gone on to this year too but it's kind of that Hail Mary effort from a player to, like, I can't be a first baseman anymore. No one wants me as a hitter, so I guess I'll just throw a little bit and see <laughs> yeah, what happens. Yeah, I'll just pitch. How's uh, he doing, though? I don't know. Mm. Clearly not well enough for you to know about it. So <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, yeah. He's not making headlines. <laughs> nope, he is not. And I only saw it in, like, a retweet from, like, a tweet that was, like, six months old or whatever. So okay. it's, it's whatever. Okay. But we'll, yeah. we'll keep tabs on it. Yeah, we'll keep tabs we'll, on it. We'll, we'll keep tabs. But it's it's I'm going to just enjoy the fact that you know the Ranger, like enjoy this Rangers World Series before the season starts. And yes, you could still say they're reigning world's defending World Series champions, but it kind of, once the season starts, it's like okay, the past is the past. Now it's time to you know move on to this season. Yeah, no, I mean obviously you know there's going to be a lot of new faces on many new teams. Um, some of the guys obviously show Otani, uh, Yoshinobu Yamamoto going to the Dodgers, along with Tyler Glass now just recently. Oh, Cody Bellinger re-signed with the Cubs. Uh, let's see, three-year, $80 million deal with options after the first or second year, if I'm not mistaken. And then Aaron Nola re-signing with the Phillies, and then a, just, just a handful of other moves. Um, a really interesting one, which I think the Astros are going to benefit a lot from, is the Josh Hader move. Uh, Jung Ho Lee going to the Giants, and then same with Jorge Soler. That's a that's a guy that hit 30 home runs this last season going to the Giants, who haven't had a player hit 30 home runs since Barry Bonds. So yeah, that was um, a while ago. Yeah, that was a long time ago. So definitely some interesting moves. Um, curious to hear what you guys think of some of the moves, but also as as we've been talking about for the last several weeks is just this free agency period where there's still so many guys without a home. Yeah, uh, just quickly with the Jorge Soler deal, I really like that move because the Giants' offense stunk last year. They really need a power hitter in the, in the middle of that lineup, especially because Jock Peterson had kind of an offseason last year. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know if he's even still with the Giants. but uh. it's all, He is not. It's also like the first time in a long while that the Giants have a hitter that is, like, exciting to watch. Mm-hmm. They have just been – even, like, that season where they won 108 games, yeah. it was just filled with – like the Donovan Solanos of the world, and mm-hmm. it's like he's not a bad baseball player, but I, I just don't get amped to watch Donovan yeah. Solano. But yeah. I get Wilmer amped. Flores, yeah, you know, I get you know, Crawford. I get excited. Jorge Soler is an exciting baseball yeah, player. Yeah, he is. So. Yeah, I, I like that move for the Giants. Um, obviously, the Dodgers. I mean, what an off season for them. 
All to lose in the second round. I mean, that's pretty, you know. <laughs> the Rockies will will somehow beat them in the NLDS in the yeah. next five years is my bold prediction. Thank yeah. You. So, um, but I, I think the Yankees, and, and we're going to kind of, as the season gets closer and closer, we'll talk about predictions and stuff like that. But the Marcus Stroman deal for the Yankees kind of went under the radar I feel like I, I didn't see a whole lot for it. I didn't even I kind of forgot he signed with them until I was looking this morning at like free agent signings. That's a pretty good move for the Yankees, especially because they need someone after Garrett Cole to yeah. kind of, you know, uh, beef up that rotation. And then obviously Juan Soto's box office. Um, I he he is a Yankee guys like I don't, that just it feels right. Like Juan Soto in a Yankees uniform. I don't know. That that just looks right to me. No matter how bad those uniforms look, it looks it it it's uh it fits. Do we want to talk about the unis? We got Pantsgate. Oh my gosh. We got to yes. talk about them. Pantsgate go Seth. Okay. Um how do I say this without um the FCC going yeah. without let's, us let's laughing again. Yeah, yeah. Let's go PG <laughs> okay. with this or G. Okay. Uh, G. <laughs> All right. Okay. Okay, this is a test. How would I say this in the Cars universe? Because that is a G-rated movie. Oh. Is it? I don't know. It doesn't matter. We'll just go PG. Okay. The pants are... Okay, if you were wearing lime green underwear, they would be able to see that. Because the pants are see-through. Yeah. They're terrible. Yep. And while that was PG... Baseball games this year will be TVMA. If this, TVMA. If this is the if this is the rate that we're going at right now. Yeah, and the jerseys are it's very disappointing. They're so bad. I mean, the lettering, the is, curvature of the last name, the smaller font size of the last name, this maybe slight uh, slightly smaller numbers too. Um, everything everything is just yeah. feels a little different for all those who are not privy to why this is the case uh usually it's an exciting time when new uniforms are coming about but nike who has contracted out who is the maker of mlb's uniforms has contracted out the manufacturing of these uniforms to fanatics yep. and fanatics uh has done a poor job in the fans opinion the players do not like these uniforms if if it, if what what's going to change the this is if the players continue to speak up if there is any change I hope there is because it's just it just looks bad it looks unprofessional it is bad when the TCU Hornfrecks have nicer jerseys than every major league baseball team yes and the vast majority of college baseball teams have better uniforms than major league baseball teams right now yeah it, again I think that the the word that describes it is it it just looks silly I mean it really does it just doesn't it. it <laughs> It looks like a jersey you'd buy off of some random site in China, and that's what shows up at your doorstep. It's with the small fonting, the what appears to be incredibly thin. Yes, maybe it's breathable, but it's it looks like very thin, cheap material too. Um, it just looks really strange, and I'm not saying that we can't get used to it, but it's there, there's a severe drop off from the quality and the appearance. It's not just okay, quality's worse but it still looks the same for us no quality seems like it's worse and the appearance is just miles worse than it than it has been over the last several seasons yeah and it's not that just the quality's worse for the actual on-field uniforms it's the replica jerseys that you can buy off the mlb off of team sites are also worse yep it like they look horrible so if you bought a uniform last year 
cherish it. Hold on to it because I do not recommend buying one as things currently stand yep. at the moment because they just do not look that good. Yeah, and and that's also the thing though too. It's like in terms of you know the 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 pants and kind of seeing through the pants there. It's like I I actually haven't seen what the the road jerseys look like if those are any better you know because because road jerseys are gray white you're gonna see through more often than not but obviously that hasn't been a problem over the last several years i'm curious to see how the darker colors though show up for for these jerseys fine yeah it's just the okay here's another thing MLB has released multiple press releases about this, which is too many. One, <laughs> one, one press release about the pants is, is too many, uh, saying that they and they are adamant that it is the same material, the same fabric, but it's just a different, like kind of like an eggshell color. I do not believe them. There's no yeah. way that that is true. They are. LeBron James wrote the press release. <laughs> <laughs> LeBron James wrote the it's, press release. It's uh, yeah. That, there's no way. Look cap. There's no way. Yeah, it's um, it's definitely frustrating. I, I I don't know if you guys know this about me, but growing up, I was a big jersey guy. So I would always love getting jerseys of players of so- soccer soccer jerseys, baseball jerseys, football jerseys mainly. And I was in love with the stitching. I loved having the stitched effect. Um, even if it was more expensive, I would prefer that, and I would you know rather go with that. And you know sometimes I would buy an authentic jersey or something like that, whatever. But so for me, it's like as someone that likes jerseys, and I wore jerseys all th- all throughout middle school up until basically I got into high school. Like, I am upset too because the people that like to wear jerseys are now going to be like, these jerseys suck, and they're they're low quality. I don't care if they're more breathable or not. They it seems like people are saying that they fit differently, they hang differently off of your shoulders too. Um, just really strange with with how how bad they missed the mark and i think what's also weird is that these were the same style jerseys as the all-star game jerseys that they used this last year now with that in mind the all-star game jerseys were a lot i don't know fancier colorful so you couldn't really tell a big difference but it's like they've had this in the workings obviously for even before the all-star game they had this in the workings probably for the last couple years and then all of a sudden you know players are complaining and it's just like I, I, I hope they do something about it, but I also don't know what can be done because opening day is in a matter of weeks now. One final point about the jerseys. Uh, right around the corner. Which I think is very funny is that they had a couple of players, different teams had a couple of players like, I love these dude jerseys. It's like Jason Hayward for the Dodgers did a video where he was like, I love these jerseys are so awesome. He looked like he was being held at gunpoint <laughs> like a hostage. He, it was like, a, it was like, and I, this is like not that big a deal because this is just, this part of it is just kind of funny, but he clearly did not like the jerseys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see how you could. I, I really don't see how you could. Uh, because whether or not they're like, if they're more breathable, whatever. But we have been playing with these jerseys for upwards of what, what like three and a half years now at this point, and no one yeah. has. Compl- no, I have heard zero complaints about breathability. Yeah, because because the the biggest change was when it was majestic, and they came and, and and then they moved to the Nike jerseys, and it was like, all right, these feel better, they're lighter, more breathable, right? Because majestic had that cool base technology, whatever it was, and it was fine. But maybe the material was a little heavier than they moved to Nikes, and no one complained. Until all of a sudden now, and they looked and, good too, and, and they did look good too. Exactly, they they look good, and um, so yeah, really strange with what's going on with the jerseys. Hopefully, they can figure something out. 
because um, I, I feel like there could be um, just just the just to appease fans perhaps more so than anything else because I think the jerseys will just look real real funky um, come opening day and for a 162 game season watching those is going to be pretty horrendous. But folks, that will bring us to the end of tonight's episode. Thank you so much for joining us on j- joining us tonight on this uh, fine Monday evening. If you're in the car or tuning in after the episode's actually been recorded, um, thank you so much. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Reframe Review. Uh, find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify at Reframe Review. And last but not least, I'm missing one more. What what, what else are we on? YouTube. Riff Ram Review on YouTube. Folks, for Zion Trammell, Seth Dowdle, my name's Ian Depetian, and we will see you guys next week.